smoking for the first time. And she said the classic lines like, what did I do wrong? Oh my gosh, I failed as a parent. And I was just like, it's not that big of a deal. But I had a connection with cannabis outside of just getting high. Like I felt like it changed me. It changed my perspective. I became more in tune and woke around me. And so I wouldn't stop smoking it. I kept going. And eventually, <laughs> eventually boarding school came into the picture. And by because of cannabis or? That played a big role, I would say. Interesting. Uh, so yeah, by my sophomore year of high school, I went out to an all girls boarding school in New Jersey. No uh, way, that's where I'm yeah. from. And, Which uh, one? It's called Purnell. Okay. It's in it's yeah, I feel like I've heard of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really small. It was like less than 100 students. It was on a dairy farm in Hunterdon County in Pottersville, New Jersey. I think. Yeah, uh, I, I have friends from Hunterdon County. Okay. Um, wow, I'm really caught in mouth. Hold on one sec. Can I go? No, no worries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just going to hit my vape, I guess. Aha, uh -huh, it's that bomb load I took right before I got on. <laughs> That will do it. <clears throat> yeah, so I went out there for sophomore, junior, and senior year of high school, but I still loved cannabis. Like, I wasn't able to smoke all throughout high school because it was, you know, I would have got caught. I did sneak it a few times. Like, I took an apple from the dining hall, went into the basement, the storage unit, like, took a hit of some weed that I might have found, like. Because <coughs> it's tough, it, you know, it's not legal and. Yeah. black market drug dealer type of yeah. thing you know it's yeah. like <laughs> and like being a 16 year old girl in new jersey like trying to find pot like on the weekend yeah, so, like, yeah. Not especially in that area too it's like yeah not not the easiest but um no i still have like a connection with cannabis and i felt like i had missed out all those years so i went to when i was a junior in high school i went to google when i was doing my college research and i typed in hippie colleges of america and High Times Magazine had a list come up and it was the top 10 most liberal colleges in America and like why they were so liberal. And Humboldt State University was number one. And under the description, all it said was, dude, it's fucking Humboldt. That's it. <laughs> I was like, what is this place? Like, where is this magical land of weed that I could go and like get my degree? And it was right there. It's fucking Humboldt. It was right That's awesome. So I looked it up and they actually had a nursing program and I wanted to be a psychiatric nurse. That was like initially what I wanted to be. Wow. And so I applied, I got into the pre-nursing program. I went there after college and my whole family was so against it. They were like, oh, I can't believe you would go all the way to college for weed. Like we're so disappointed. We're not paying for it at all. And I was like, I'm gonna have to take out student loans anyways might as well go to college where I want to go. Yeah. So I went, it was amazing. Humboldt County is beautiful. The Emerald Triangle is gorgeous. Like it's truly God's country. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, for sure. It's the rugged coast and the redwood trees. Then it's just, and it's cannabis everywhere. Like the community, the culture, I loved it. Um, Eventually, they took away the nursing program from the university, so I switched to journalism, and that's mm. like my background for Emerald kind of began. Yeah, um, I did some researching on you, and that's what pops up a lot, is that you're a journalist. Yeah, 
Um, I always loved Diane Sawyer growing up. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Wouldn't be opposed to being the next. You're the Diane, you're Diane Sawyer of cannabis. <laughs> yes, I'm working on it. I'm practicing right you're now. You're crushing it. <laughs> I'm practicing right now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like I switched to journalism, and in my senior year of college, I started. Well. I guess let me back up a little bit. When I was a junior in college, um, a friend came to visit from Austin and her friend, who was also named Christina, was like, hey, I have a trim job. Do you wanna go up to this mountain? And my friend was like, I'm gonna go up to this mountain and trim. And I was like, I wanna go to the mountain and trim. <laughs> and they were like, all right, come to the mountain. So I went to the mountain. I was a terrible trimmer. Like I remember the grower It's, came it's hard. Me. Yeah, and no one trained me. Like they put it's me- It's tough. And they're really particular too. Like they'll be like, retrim that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like they just put me in the seat with the Fiskars and they were like, here, trim. <laughs> uh, and so I remember the grower coming around and like picking a nug out of my bag and being like, whoa, like what need to redo this whole bag. And my friend's friend came over and was like, oh my gosh, like, I'm so embarrassed. Like, you're such an amateur. Like, you never trimmed weed before. And I was like, no. But <laughs> made, made it through then, uh, made it through that situation. Then the growers there, they invited me to go to their other farm, their other property, and like trim there and there. And so that's how I got into it. Just kind of like this random invitation that grew into a life-changing experience. That's crazy. Yeah. It was an awesome journey. It's still such an awesome journey. Um, but I met someone like during my time up there and started dating him. And we were together for like almost three years. But when we were six months into our relationship, we were living together in Arcata and he was out of town and I get like an abrasive cop knock at the front door. Like nothing I'd ever heard. It's like eight uh -oh. It's my last semester of college. It's like January, late January. And I open the front door and it's the entire Humboldt County Drug Task Force in the front yard. Holy shit. Guns drawn. Um, just Guns drawn. Yeah, bulletproof vests on. There's like- and It's I, just you. Yeah, it was just <laughs> there was like a dozen of them or like, yeah, a dozen of them and my landlords lived right next door. And they were like an elderly couple, like so sweet. Oh and, my God. And, and they were so scared. And they told the cops, they were like, they're not growing in there. Like, no, we go through there every so often. Like they would, they would do a walkthrough. Like, even if I left the light on overnight, my landlord would be like, Christina, you left the light on. Yeah, I, yeah, they're on it. Like so. they're on it. So we were not doing any sort of cultivation. In there, Interesting. But that's what the cops said. They're like, we smell fresh growing cannabis coming from in there. And like, we're going to enter pending a search warrant. And so I let them in. I had no choice. I was like, okay, well, you know, there's 10 of you and one of me. So I let them in. I, I was detained for like five hours. They searched the whole house. We were not growing any cannabis in there. Um, and the only place they had left to look was like the attic, but they didn't look in there because the, there was no judge that had signed a warrant. They even like offered me an opportunity to leave at one point. And I was like, no, I'm not gonna leave like all these cops in my house. Yeah, and, they're just gonna plant like a pound randomly or something. 
who knew? I mean, the thing is we had weed in the house. We had like three pounds in the house. We had our 215, our medical cards. So we were all covered. The amount of cannabis we had was covered by our medical cards. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, so they came in, um, the judge signed the warrant and then they went into the attic and my boyfriend had some money in the attic and I was arrested for that money. And they put the charges that they arrested me on were possession of marijuana with intent to distribute. Um, and I had like a bag of trim in one of the back bedrooms, like a grocery bag full of old trim that I had taken down from the hill. I got harboring a room for drug manufacturing for that bag. And then um, the, uh, we, had a fi we had firearms in the house. So, I mean, guilty as charged. Like I was raised in Texas. I am a legal firearm owner and I had it in my house. And when I was arrested, it was for, that was one of the charges on there. And I go to jail. I was detained for a few hours. I was bailed out. And wait, wait, what? So they, how, how could they even tag these things onto? Well, they needed some reason to arrest me to take that money. For sure. So they just tagged that stuff on so they could actually take you for the money and that be the main charge. So they could take us to court and like, it really is like law enforcement, in my opinion, it's kind of like a business, you know, I mean, they totally if they tack on charges and then like you got to get a lawyer and then like the tax people are paying for like the defense and like it just at the end of the day, it's just like a long drawn out business, unfortunately. And Yep. a number in a cell you know and it yep you know I mean my dad like he's not in a position to just bail me out of jail but he he did you know and I'm lucky that I had that opportunity because some people yeah how many people don't yeah so many people stay there and it's a and they're in we're in your are in your situation or for something even less yeah. just being black <laughs> yeah exactly it's a pay for play so if you here's Crazy. the here's the crazy thing is like they arrest you for something and then they say, oh, well, if you give us thousands of dollars, you can get out. So it's, so it literally is like, okay, so just because I can't, can't pay that I'm more of a danger to society. It just, it's very, it's, it's very sad. It's very hard and it's very sad. And if I ever run for president, it will be on prison reform because that I will is- vote for you. Yeah, I mean, cause that is something that like, <laughs> I've been there. I've been arrested for cannabis, you know, and it, was awful and it was expensive and yeah and it's like, like you've you've turned that into a positive too and it's like how many people are still like lives are ruined like or in jail and then it's like you know we both make money off legal cannabis now and how many other people out there who like don't even smoke weed and have no like passion like we do are making money off of it it's insane well <laughs> Yeah, it's it it was life altering to say the least. And and that's you know, and while I was sitting in jail, I thought the pen is mightier than the sword. You know, like I have journal I will have a journalist. Diane Sawyer, she's coming. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> and I will like create a platform to amplify the little man like me because nobody else is like helping us. Like everyone thinks we're degenerates, we're criminals, you know. Yep. We had high times, but it's not always about tits and ass. You know, I mean, it's about more than that. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, the next day, I mean, I got out that day and then the next day I bought like the emeraldmagazine.com and it was like a fire. No way. 
it was a fire inside. I was like, oh no way, God. really? It was just like immediately. I was like, I'm gonna start a revenge magazine against bad cops and I'm gonna make cannabis look good. And that was like the driving force is the driving force. I mean, but not still is. It's much, it's much bigger than that now. Like it's a whole encompassing like community. But the origins were were made from a negative situation. I mean, I was, yeah. you know, that's as low as you go, you know, being arrested. For sure. And, and so, yeah, nine months of court, got all my firearms back. And they didn't Because you had your license, you said, right? There's nothing illegal there. It's not illegal to legally purchase a firearm and to fill out the paperwork. And I had to wait to be verified. I didn't get it the next day. Like it took me a few weeks, you know, I mean, to get approved and to do the proper process and being a responsible gun owner. Yeah. And so um, got my firearms back, got my um, money returned. They went in, they went into- Wait, you got the money back too for what you- So my ex, he also got charged. he got off of his charges by forfeiting the money. So that's all that they wanted in the end. Those cops just wanted to, you know, maintain their budget to be self-funded. And my ex forfeited all the money that they took from the attic and he had to pay a possession of marijuana ticket, which is like a misdemeanor. And it was like a hundred bucks. So that's like a slap on the wrist. And then he had to do 120 hours of community service. I think, I think it's been a long time, but Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, so when, that, when was this again? 2012. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, nine years ago or so. Yeah, in January. But I mean, like they dropped all my charges and they went into my wallet when they were raiding me and they drained my bank accounts with my debit cards. They gave me back all that money. What? Yeah, like <laughs> they, they can took, do that. Yeah, I mean, they took everything. I mean, they can take anything. You know, that's why it's important to have good journalism out there. You know, that's why it is important to like be heard and to speak up and to amplify, you know? And and that's what I felt like we were missing. I felt like we were missing someone that I could reach out to because I even reached out to the journalism department at the university and like they published my words and like spun it in their own direction. I was like, oh no, my own people are like- Turning on me. Yeah, I just felt like there wasn't enough positive power of the press i don't know that's how i felt and so we started as a print magazine and did that for a very long time and then in 2019 i really i relocated keep going (laughs) there's a baby here sorry guys listeners and viewers (laughs) Um, and in 2019 i relocated to new york to really expand as a media group and expand in the cannabis industry uh, as it came online back east. So that's where I am today. I'm speaking to you from Bushwick, New York. Yeah. <laughs> it looks, I don't know why I just get California vibes from the look of the background. Um, I guess it's because it's, yeah, exactly. I like thought you were there too. Um, that's a, so that's, that's amazing. Where, so where are you currently? So your client base is kind of all over the country right now, right? Yeah. I mean, our largest world. Audience, yeah, I mean, we're pri- our largest audience is in LA and then New York City. Um, but I mean, there are people in between and up in Maine and Vermont and Florida and Texas. I mean, all over. You know, I mean, and a lot of people 
I mean, we have like recurring visitors, but a lot of people type into Google, you know, can cannabis help me with my arthritis? Can it help me with PTSD, with my sex life? And, and you guys are popping up. Yeah, we pop up. So people come to us for all different reasons. We have a, a conscious consumption series where we highlight minority founded businesses. So, you know, people come looking to spend consciously, you know, they like- Where, where, can, where can people find that? Uh, just go to the emeraldmagazine.com. We've got a link right there at the top. Um, I think uh, we have 100 plus black founded businesses, Latinx founded businesses, indigenous founded, uh, Asian and American Pacific founded, and we're launching LGBTQ founded this month. So Amazing. Yeah, we're actually LGBTQ founded. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's cool. I'll definitely be plugging that in, backlinking to uh, your site and all, all of those things, which is awesome. Um, what are you most excited about for two questions, I, I guess, in one is, you know, what are you most excited about for the future of Emerald? And then two, what are you most excited about for, you know, the future of cannabis in general? Well, um, I'm really excited I'll start with, uh, you know, what I'm excited about cannabis in general. I'm really excited for, you know, federal legalization. I know there's a lot of mixed feelings about it, but, you know, having been arrested for it and knowing what that's like, I don't think anyone should be arrested. I think we need to just move to the next step. So I'm excited for the country to come online and for more people to be able to use cannabis and you know not be stigmatized by it and for us to do research with it i mean for seizures my mother has seizures you know i mean for anything alzheimer's for pain relief so i'm looking forward to advancing cannabis and growing with it um for emerald i mean kind of on the same lines like i'm looking forward to growing with the industry and being a just you know a continued resource for people you know looking for information on cannabis like easy to digest, easy to navigate information on the industry. Um, and yeah. <laughs> oh, sweet. That's, that's amazing. Um, I guess my last thing I'll end with here is, you know, any advice that you can give to someone who might be entering the cannabis space for the first time? Um, I know like you and myself, like we're always kind of communicating with like varsity you know, people or like newer brands and in a lot of states that might be mature. Um, but I do get a lot of listeners, you know, who are just new to the space, new to cannabis in general. Um, any Anything, any advice you give for like a new user, new consumer? Yeah, absolutely. Network as much as you can. I This industry historically has been built behind closed doors and who you know, you know, takes you to the next person or the next lead network i know that we're all still kind of remote right now and might be for a little bit but if you have an opportunity to go and meet people in the industry go to as many events as possible talk to as many the cannabis industry is so friendly you never feel like you meet a stranger every time you're at an event you could literally turn around start talking to someone and they're excited because cannabis is exciting I think that's like one of the best things about the industry is that everyone who's here is genuinely happy to be here. And I am so happy that I get to work with those people because their momentum feeds my momentum and our momentum together is stronger. And, yeah. you know, it's all about teamwork. It, it really does make the dream. 
It really is. This industry more so than any, because especially because I feel like it's so just rapidly expanding and developing like every single day now at this point. It's insane. And it's funny, it, it, it's just really cool to hear your story and your perspective because I've been like a fan of the Emerald Mag since I first got in the industry. And I guess you kind of, you know, have like in your head, like what the CEO and founder is like, I'm like, wow, it's like, just like me and very similar story to myself. Uh, so I think that's also like really cool, you know, is like you build this like great reputation and this foundation for yourself and have like just absolutely crushed it and you're just still doing your thing. Um, and it's just like, it's inspiring to see. So thank you so much for sharing your story and your time. I really, really do appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yeah, for sure. And I will plug in all the links to your website and social media and the podcast. And thank you so much, Christina. I appreciate you. All right. All right. Likewise.